Hello everybody and welcome back to the Track Talk podcast, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix preview edition. That's really hard to say. I'm joined today by Just Jay. How are you, Just Jay? Just Jay, I like that. That's a nice Just little Jay. alliteration you made there. Thank I'm, you. I'm buzzing, you know. I, I can't wait. It feels like a long season is culminating in probably one of the biggest races in Formula 1 history and I cannot wait. When you think about how long the season's been, Bahrain was the end of March and it's now, what, the middle of December. Somehow, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton are still level on points. It's been an absolute crazy year and I cannot wait to see the finale. Absolute madness. I can't believe that they're level on points. I still can't wrap my head around that. We've had 21 races and not a thing to split them. You looking forward to Abu Dhabi? Do you know what? Usually, Abu Dhabi, I prefer it more for the aesthetics rather than the actual rating. Uh, rating? Racing. Yeah, fair because point. Because it's, it's always a bit, oh, like, beautiful, you know, twilight rays, beautiful uh, setting, backdrop, sunset, uh, crazy hotels and bright lights. It's beautiful. But then the racing's always a bit, eh. It's always sort of like the person who wins is on pole and they lead by 20 seconds and then it's all very spaced out. Last year was a really boring race. The year before was a very boring race. I can't remember the last good Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Maybe 2016? But that one even I would probably good. say 16. It's the only even, decent was that, one. Was that even that good? That was only good because of the championship, yeah. wasn't it? And Hamilton yeah. was driving slowly. You know, if, if there's no championship, Hamilton probably would have just sped off into the distance. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a letdown. To, do you know what, right? I was thinking this earlier, I was thinking, this season deserves a spectacular track to be the finale. And I don't think there's anywhere better than Interlagos. For no, a season you finale. love Interlagos. I love Interlagos, but I just can't think of somewhere better to end such a thrilling season. And I feel like Brazil, you pretty much guaranteed a great race. You've got more variables, you've got the weather, you know, it's never going to rain in Abu Dhabi. Although, now I yeah. say that and it'll be a complete downpour. Yeah, something. now you say that, it's going to be yeah. a spar all over again. Exactly. I mean, see, apparently Abu Dhabi does have um, sprinklers, so they could easily just, you know, pop them up. And, uh, it's, got, it's got Paul Ricard-style sprinklers. Yeah. So, so, something like Eccleston would do. That's, that's, that yeah, that yeah. that, that's definitely a Bernie idea. Just for the vibes, but I don't know. I'm, I'm slightly disappointed that it's ending in Abu Dhabi and not at a place like Interlagos. But, saying that, and I'm sure we'll get onto it a bit later, they've made some changes which should hopefully make the racing a bit better. They have indeed, they have indeed. We're stuck with Abu Dhabi as the finale for the next 10 years anyway, as it's renewed its contract till 2030. So let's hope, fingers crossed, toes crossed, arms crossed, whatever crossed, that these changes make a difference because, well, they need to make a difference, basically. Um, bit of midweek news would be the fact that Mercedes have ended their quite controversial sponsorship deal with Kingspan, who, of course, have a bit of a connection to the Grenfell Tower tragedy and, you know, there was quite rightly a lot of public outcry that they entered this deal in the first place so I'm quite glad to see it cancelled myself yeah uh, you know what I'm surprised Merck even tried that I know they sort of said it was about sustainability and that's one of their key business objectives but having said that I don't really think what else they could have expected no, I don't think got. they did their research very well on yeah, that company or, before or is that yeah well, what can you do? What can you do? It's not there anymore, so we're fine. Um, another bit of midweek news is that Channel 4 are going to be airing the season finale free to air. I believe they're still using the Sky commentary and they're essentially doing the Sky broadcast, but on Channel 4. Which I don't really know why, because surely Alex Jakes is commentating it anyway for the four highlights. But oh. whatever, it's free to air for everyone. 
So. I, do you know what? I didn't know that. I thought they would have just done. You know, that had Silverstone where Channel 4 have it live. That's what I thought, but apparently it's the Sky it's Team. Oh, I mean, to be fair though, I mean, you know, like outside of that whole weird sort of it's going to be crofty on Channel 4, I think it's brilliant that something as big as this, a big sporting event, is on free to air TV. Definitely. And I don't know, like being around in Britain, as I am, as we both are, um, it, it kind of feels like there's a bit of F1 fever. Like, you know when the World Cup's on and everyone's sort of football football fever takes over the country? I feel like this weekend, I'm seeing a lot more sort of F1 billboards. Like I was driving, I saw yes. Coldplay on a billboard and then it switched to um, Hamilton Verstappen and it was like Sky promoting the season finale. And I was like, how have we gone from Chris Martin to, <laughs> to Hamilton Verstappen? But it's great. You know, I was, I was listening to the radio and I had sort of like people talking about Formula One and I think, you know, like, you never really get this. Like, you, the only time you, you might get this is maybe before Silverstone, but to have this... It's great that so many people are getting interested in the sport or getting invested in the sport. This is probably the best it's going to get for F1 for a while and the best it's been for a long, long time. And the fact that it's on free-to-air TV, I think it's great that, you know, hopefully children, people will watch it and they'll love it. They'll be inspired. Obviously, there's Drive to Survive on Netflix. I know quite a lot of people who have watched Drive to Survive on Netflix and become hooked on F1. So hopefully this free-to-air broadcast can have the same kind of effect. And I mean, I think Channel 4 have done this before. They've done it for the Emma Raducanu final in the US Open last year. This year? Oh, the hell, doesn't time fly? It was this year, wasn't it? Um, they yeah. like, and obviously, hopefully, that inspires the next generation of tennis players. They did it for the Cricket World Cup yeah, a couple of years ago. Hopefully that what a match that was. Uh, it's cricket, mate. It doesn't matter how full in cricket it is, it'll always be boring. But... Oh, nah, mate, it's great. Last ball. Quality. Yeah, anyway, this is an F1 podcast. Super overs and all that, but. Yeah, hopefully it has the same kind of effect that it had for cricket, the same kind of effect it had for tennis. And hopefully, do you know, I would love to see F1 back on free-to-air TV. And I feel like when I, when I was growing up especially, it was always on the BBC. I remember Jake Humphrey, Eddie Jordan, David Coulthard. That's what I kind of grew up on. So, or even if like they have some kind of share again, where they have like 10 races a year, Channel 4. Because it is, it is great that it's on free TV. Because you know, that barrier opens up more and more fans. Because when, when you have it behind a paywall there's always going to be that issue with a certain section of the population who can't watch Formula 1 because it is expensive isn't it to have Sky Sports F1 on every single race it so is hopefully um, firstly it gets more people interested in F1 and maybe it can turn the tides and have more content free to wear rather than just highlights like we do nowadays yeah we'll see it is a sport where money talks so I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on it but it, it's great that it is free to air TV it opens it up to a whole new audience I know so many people that sort of casual F1 fans that can't watch it because they don't have Sky and they now can watch it because you know this is a race for the ages no matter if you're just getting into Formula 1 at the age of 10 or you're like my granddad who's been watching it for years and years and years and he can now finally watch the season finale for a, probably one of the most dramatic seasons of his life he's lived through the you know Senna Prost and all that all that era so this is quite a good thing for the sport a very good thing for the sport um as we mentioned a few changes to Abu Dhabi we will still be racing under a sky for the stars it's still in night race see what I did there with the Coldplay link oh, um I like that. but there are track changes there are track changes they've got rid of that stupid chicane that always seemed to slow down the racing and it's just a bit more free flowing the driver's feedback after FP1 we're recording this between FP1 and FP2 the driver's feedback after FP1 has been good team principals like it the simulations look good I just hope it. Just hope it's good. You know what, right? That there is that stupid chicane that's gone, 
So look, I've heard quite a lot of people sort of saying, well, because apparently the reason why the chicane was there in years gone by is because the Ferrari world is right behind that grandstand, so they can't sort of push it back and have more runoff area, so they have to slow the cars down before. And I've seen people sort of saying, well, how come is this it's the hairpin now? But they've actually brought the hairpin quite far forwards, whereas before it was very close to the barriers. It, there's quite a lot of runoff area between the hairpin and the, and the grandstand now, and you can sort of see the run between the chicane and the hairpin, because the chicane is still kind of there, is a lot smaller. So there is that, and I feel like a lot of people maybe misinterpreted that kind of issue but yeah it's good hopefully i feel like those chicanes just ruin the race and especially the first one i know the sort of left right left over by the, the the marina section was awful that was terrible that wasn't great was it and the thing with that is that it just didn't even need to be there like that could easily just been a tight hairpin um so yeah hopefully a bit more free flowing i don't know what F1's recent obsession is with bank corners. You had Zambolt this year, Jeddah last yeah, week. Yeah, they, they love them, don't they? But now we've got one in Abu Dhabi. It wouldn't surprise me if they put some crazy banking on Stowe at Silverstone soon. But <laughs> I don't know what it is, but hopefully it allows for a better racing. Um, I feel like Abu Dhabi, the good thing about Abu Dhabi is that you sort, you sort of have the first straight, people get past, and then people can get back at the driver who just overtook them on the next straight. So hopefully we still see that. Hopefully the hotel section, I know they've opened up quite a few of the corners. Um, it's, it's gone from 21 corners to 16 corners this year, which is quite a big drop-off. I think in FP1 there was like 13, 14 seconds quicker than they were last year in FP1. So it should be interesting, actually. I'm excited to see how it pans out of racing, and I just pray it makes it good, because this season deserves a good finale. It doesn't deserve a, a procession around a track that's beautiful, but has boring racing. So hopefully, Corinne Chandok has pulled a blinder. Did you actually see, before you move on? Um, I know what you're going to say. Christian Horner was like throwing shade at Corinne Chandler because yeah. it's a, and like there's been some conspiracy theories that, you know, Corinne, Mr. Chandler himself, has been helping um, helping Mercedes because like, he's made the sort of the, the tricky uh, tight sections which favour Red Bull into straights, which obviously favour Mercedes. But that's ludicrous. He, he put a quite an interesting tweet earlier. He was sort of saying, I well, was just trying to yeah. find that. You beat me to it. I was, he was like a. A Red Bull uh, young driver. He's driven uh, like Aston Martins. He he, he once got a, a rental from Alfa Romeo. He he, yeah. he he's had lunch with Williams or something crazy like that. So I don't know. I feel like F1 nowadays is such a toxic environment online. People will literally pick at anything, and especially in this era of Hamilton versus Verstappen, their fan bases are so strong and robust in their support of their driver that any little thing they will definitely pick at. It's quite a funny Twitter thread, actually. Uh, Twitter? Twitter? It's quite a funny Twitter thread. Um, Corinne Chandok said, Of all the conspiracy theories, this is my favourite. I was also a Red Bull junior and test driver. I once had lunch at McLaren, plus driven lots of Williams cars. Oh, and I had an Alpha rental car once too, and drove an Aston yesterday around the track. <laughs> you know, people have all been commenting. Will Buxton said, No mention of Alpine. So biased. Corinne said, Drove past their factory on the way to the pub last week. Like, it's total rubbish, but people will come up with absolutely anything to try and find a reason that their favourite driver has lost this championship, no matter what they are. They're getting the excuses in early. We don't even know who's lost yet. Mm, and driving past um, Alpine's factory, mate, you've got to be completely lost. It's in the middle of nowhere. So, <laughs> I, I, don't know what, I don't know what pub he's going to out there, but oh, I mean, beggars can't be choosers. Oh, the sat-nav the sat had gone wrong. It's a good old, good old sat-nav. She can't beat them, can you? Um, let's do some tyre chat. Pirelli have bought the softest tyres in the set, which would be fine. But have you seen the curbs? They're absolutely yeah. killer curbs. And Pirelli didn't know this until about a week ago. So they'd already chosen the tyres. They were already in Abu Dhabi. It was too late to change them. I reckon these curves are going to play absolute havoc. They are 
big curbs? Um, I think this can either go one of two ways. Either we get a two-stop race and strategy comes into it and it's really exciting and you know you sort of have maybe Hamilton burn down on Verstappen in the closing few laps or vice versa or something like that rather than just like a, a, the usual Abu Dhabi one-stop whoever's on pole wins the race. But on the contrary, if one of the protagonists get a puncher, that is going to be disastrous for the sport. Actually disastrous. Yes, can you absolutely imagine, rubbish. Can you imagine if someone wins a title because of a tyre failure? And I know people will say, oh, Hamilton, if Hamilton does win on Sunday, he won because Hamilton, I mean, Verstappen's tyre blew out in Baku or something crazy like that. But in the final race, if it's decided by a puncher on the kerbs, then I'm going to be disappointed. But hopefully, I mean, I know Lando went over one this morning on, like, there's quite an aggressive one on the new bank corner. I think that's turn number nine. Oh, mate, these new track lines look best in the The uh, The commentary team was struggling as well. Every time a car approached a corner, it was like, and here's Charles Leclerc approaching turn um, four. And they, they didn't really know. It took them a second. This is why you name your corners, all right? Name your corners. Take note of Silverstone. It's easy here. You know what's Stow, you know Club, you know Cops, you know Farm. Beautiful. And like, it's just good. I, I think it's just good kind of like marketing. You know, you can have like a, a name a name corner. I mean, Makes I the grandstands easier as well. Makes the grandstands easier and I guess, I don't know, maybe like modern tracks, they don't really name their corners. I don't know. I'm Is such it? a Silverstone nerd that I love mm. Silverstone, Silverstone. So whatever yeah, Silverstone, Silverstone does wins. Silverstone, Monza, even like Paul Ricard's got uh, Le Boussier. I love that name. Le Boussier. That's a beautiful name for a corner. Or like Parabolica. Just, just like say it one more time. Le Boussier. There we go. I've, I've fully butchered the uh, pronunciation on that one. But <laughs> well, like, even like even like Melbourne's got corner names. Even though we always say like turn one, turn two. Like it's got like Clark Curve and I don't know what other nonsense. But yeah, mate, name your corners new tracks. I mean, next year we're going to Miami. I want to I want to see I don't know the Heat corner after the basketball team. Something like that. Just something that gives you a bit of spice. Palm tree straight. <laughs> Dolphin sure. straight. Dolphins, right? I mean, I'm sure they can do better than that. Uh, you know, th- this off the top of our heads, I'm sure. Pay pay someone a, f- a few thousand dollars to name your corners and make us all happy as F1 fans. Because, like, it gives the track a bit of character. Like, Stowe sounds so much better than turn 16 or whatever it is. Turn 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, name your corners. Sorry, that was a really random rant. That was definitely not on our script, but I just had to <laughs> We didn't really have a script. We just got a few bullet points. We go with the flow. We go with the flow. Um, Jack Aitken drove in FB1, and this is just a few months after his absolute horror crash at Spa, where he broke his back, he broke his collarbone. What? It's great to see him back in an F1 car. I did not think I'd see him back in an F1 car, maybe ever, if not for a very long time. But after the year he's had, this is so nice to see. It is. It is like a nice sort of fairy tale story that that, that crash that he had was absolutely terrifying, and the fact that he was able to just. Uh, Walk out. Obviously, he was. I mean, obviously, he wasn't well, but he was. No, he went to hospital for quite a while. I think he had collarbone injuries, and he sort of walk around in a, in a brace for a few few weeks. But it's a nice story, you know. A year on from his uh, Sakir race, where he kind of cost George Russell the race as well, which is really weird. Um, no, good to see him back in the car. I do like Jack Aitken. He, do you know he's like he's like he's like one of the nice guys, isn't he? He sort of gives me like nice he guy is. vibes. He, I love Jack. Kim. Sort of like Alex Albon vibes. Like he just seems like a nice kind of guy you wouldn't mind getting caught with having a chat with. So yeah, glad that he got his opportunity. He uh, beat Nicholas Latifi, which to be fair looks awful in Latifi, doesn't it? I mean, I know yeah, it doesn't FP1. look great. I know it's only FP1 and maybe they're trialing different things and whatever, but 
No, Latifi couldn't seem to keep it within the track limits, which could be quite interesting come qualifying at the, at the final corner. Seems like Massey's finally stepping up on it. I saw him put a few notes out this week. Um, but yeah, good to see Aitken back in the car. And I don't know when he's going to get his next chance. Obviously, maybe the young driver's test, but I don't know if he's going to break into Formula 1, but who knows what the future holds for Jack. But nice guy, though. Very nice guy. Uh, Lewis struggled with, with track limits as well. He had quite a few laps deleted. I believe it was at the final corner. Um, which put him P3 rather than P2 which, in the final order. Is it turn 21 or turn 16? Mate, my head's blown. So you would know if they had names. We would. Can you, like, I mean, what's a good Abu Dhabi name? Um, desert, desert, desert Curve. I don't know. Camel, Camel Curve. Camel Curve. There you go. That's what it should now be known as. Camel Curve. Camel Curve. All right. Oh, 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 we'll write to them. We'll write yeah. them and say, we want a camel curve by next year's race. Let me just bell up uh, Herman Tilka. Yeah, give, give Herman a call. Me, yeah, me, 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 me go way, way back anyway, so I'm sure. Be oh, that's, that's fine. All, all, easy, 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 easy. Um, Williams are partaking in the young driver test this year. They weren't going to originally. They are now with Logan Sargent. From what I can gather, every other team is using sort of a weird combination of this year's car and next year's wheels with a bit of next year's car. I'm not 100% sure. But Williams are using this year's car, this year's wheels, and this year's everything, I think, just in order to run Logan Sargent. And the FIA and teams all had to agree to it, and they all did. Eva, Williams are struggling financially, which I don't think is the case. Or they're just putting all their eggs in next year's basket, and they just don't really care about um, this year. They're kind of... Real. I feel like most teams now, unless you're Merck or Red Bull, I mean, like McLaren and Ferrari has got battles redundant now, Ferrari... A one Alpine a fifth. All your efforts on next year, isn't it? So yeah, that's what, that's, that's what I think it comes down to with this young drivers thing. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think it's really great to see this young driver and um, Alfa Romeo. Oh, I think Valtteri Bottas. I haven't heard too much about this Valtteri Bottas guy, but he's driving for Alfa Romeo in the young drivers test. Promising is, career ahead of him, I think. Young driver, isn't he like 32? Hey, look, Alonso did it at like 39 or something. It's actually ridiculous. <laughs> they need to change the name of that. Because like, even last year, they had, I think like Nick DeVries, like 25 was in a young driver test. It's got to be... He's a rookie though, so that's a bit different. Whereas Bottas Whoa, and Alonso definitely know. aren't rookies. Just call it, I don't know, just call it end of season, post-season testing or something like that. Yeah, call I, it something I don't like want to hear that. young driver, because if I hear young driver and I hear someone who's got three kids, I'm a bit concerned. So, <laughs> not not that Bottas got three kids. Has Bottas got kids? I don't know. Bottas hasn't got kids. Than I do. No. No kids. No so kids. Yeah, that's a, that's um, a real fan there. There is a rule that at least one of the two drivers you run has to have, I think it's done less than two Grand Prix, I believe. Um, so there is that element of it, but I think Alfa Romeo are only running Bottas. Unless they run Grenugio as well, I'm not actually sure. I know Schwartzman's doing a couple of teams. He's doing Haas and Ferrari, so good on him. Yeah, man, that's Schwartzman. It's going to be so weird seeing Bottas in red and white overalls. I'm, uh, my heart is not ready. Like, my heart like is not ready. Livery. It's going to be so weird. I mean, I'm not quite sure what the lineup is, but just to see. I, mean, I, I don't know whether Russell will be in the Merc, although, to be fair, I've seen him in Merc overalls before. Yeah. Um, who else is moving? Or like, maybe Joe? I'd assume Joe's going to do it for Alpha Romeo as well. Yeah, I think so. I think Bottas is going to get in the Alpha and just kind of be like, come on! Yeah. Where he's used to the really quick Mercedes and this Alpha's like trundling around, awful <laughs> handling. It's not planted. He's used oh. to the Merc that just glides around the track. Oh, when he next year when Alfa Romeo are the best team, then we'll see he's laughing. It'll be you. Oh, It'll be you. I can dream. It'll be me. I'll laugh at all of you. <laughs> um, oh, I was about to say something else from practice, and then I 
went to Bottas and I've completely forgotten what it was. That's annoying. Never mind. Moving on. The F2 title decider is this weekend. Oscar Piastri leads the way. Robert Schwartzman is now second. Granu Joe's not even second. Um, Granu Joe's third. It's between those three, really. Piastri's going to get it, isn't he? Barring a disaster, Piastri's going to get it. He does look clear, but it is F2. And you never know. I mean, look at last weekend. That was pretty hectic. But at the same time, it is Abu Dhabi. And I feel like there isn't going to be the same kind of chaos that we saw in Saudi last week as Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, it should be Piastri. But I feel like this kind of shows, like, let's say the season finishes how it is now. So, Piastri, Schwartzman, Joe. It kind of shows that, you know, placement in F2 is a bit academic nowadays. I mean, I know Schumacher won last year and he got into there. And um, Snowden Snow was second, wasn't he? Snowden was second? Or was he third? Snowden was third. Then it was third. Ilot oh, was sorry, second. Ilot, Ilot was second. Yeah. So, you know, it's more about your funding, isn't it? It's not about if you're the best driver. It's more about what money can you bring. Obviously, Mazepin became, what, fifth or sixth, and he got a seat. And obviously, like, Schwartzman's not in there. Ilot's not in there. Other people who have won F2 championships are not in Formula 1. So, I'm not going to name any names there. But, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's kind of a bit redundant, F2. I mean, obviously, like, it's a great series. I, I love it. But... It's just, I feel like it's way too money-weighted. Maybe they need to go down the, down the W Series route. Just a suggestion. It's not a bad, not a bad shout. That was what I was going to mention, track limits. I believe that this weekend it is the white line is the track everywhere. I don't Crazy. get that. Why is it not the white line in some places, the curbs in other places? Sometimes they don't exist. It's so much simpler that way around. No, I'm joking, obviously. Finally, it's just the white line. Finally. Thank God. Thank God. I... That's actually one of my biggest pet peeves of F1 is when they say the edge of the track is the curb. Can you imagine in like football there was like, oh no, the edge of the track is where the grass ends. <laughs> the, edge, so the edge of the pitch where the grass ends. No, it's the white line. That's where it ends. You keep your wheels on there. It makes it confusing for the fans. And also, I feel like the FIA or whoever dictates the track rules, Michael Massey, they're giving way too much to the drivers because the drivers sort of complain that it's too hard to stay in track limits. These guys are paid millions of pounds to drive with it on the track. They're very good at what they do. I'm sure they can keep it within the white lines if they really tried. So don't give in to them. Don't let them make up the rules as they go because then that's just dangerous. White line, I know next season that's going to be the beyond end of the white line. I'm glad that they're you know, showing their authority. And if you're going to be on the white line, then you're going to get some kind of punishment, whether that's a warning or a time penalty or a deleted lap time. Yeah, obviously they'll look at some corners more than others. <clears throat> but I think in the grand scheme of things, it's the white line, which is so much simpler for everyone. It's a I big guess, weekend. Sorry, Ganjay. I was going to say the solution is just to put gravel everywhere beyond the white line. <laughs> and then I love gravel. Or a big I wall. I love gravel. I or a wall. Gravel. Maybe not a wall. Maybe gravel, because then that, a wall could lead to a big crash. Whereas gravel keeps them, keeps them out of the way, but it means they can't carry on if they made a mistake. Uh, it's a big weekend for lots of drivers this weekend. We, of course, have Kimi Raikkonen retiring. Absolute legend of the sport. What a career he's had. You gotta love Kimmy, haven't you? Do you know what? I don't think there's any F1 fan who doesn't like Kimmy. I feel like if you don't like Kimmy, then you're the kind of person who just hates David Attenborough. And if you are, then you're, then there's serious problems with you. You need to have a look at yourself, all right? Because how can you hate Kimmy? How can you ha hate Dave? Um, by the way, Dave, not, not the rapper, the Attenborough. You know, David Attenborough, the legendary broadcaster. That's that's who I mean. So um. It's going to be sad to see him go. I don't know. I feel like he, he's run his race. He's hasn't been the same, really, has he? And I feel like he's kind of just been going through the motions since he's been at Alfa Romeo. It's kind of been a bit, of, a bit irrelevant. Um, 
but yeah, no, uh, a career well served. Obviously, a world championship. He's won a few races, loads of podiums. Like even when he, he was at Ferrari with Vettel, I know he wasn't winning anyone one race, but he was so consistent, always on the podium, kind of like a perfect wingman. Still showed good pace. He's done very well. I mean, he leaves as the uh, most. He's had most appearances, hasn't he? So he yep. leaves with that kind of accolade. And you know, he's come from the uh, the fin the Finnish sort of world of Formula One of brilliant wreck drivers, or Mika. Um, now Raikkonen. I'm sure you're going to say another name. But yeah, sad to see I'm him. Trying go. not to. Sad to see him go, but uh, probably the right time to step away. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Antonio Giovinazzi's off as well. All change Alfa Romeo. He's off to Formula E. He is very much along the lines in the media of, I'm leaving Formula One for now. He he won't say that he's not coming back. He believes that he can return to Formula One. And I don't think it's an, it's an impossibility. He's shown flashes of brilliance. I reckon it will take quite a specific set of scenarios and circumstances for him to come back. I don't think it's impossible. But I do like, I do like Gio. I quite like Gio as well, but I just sort of look and you think there's a lot of talent out there. So you've got all the F2 drivers, obviously you've got Joe coming up this year, but you've got Piastri still in the wings, uh, Schwartzman will probably be in a shout, you know, uh, De Ruvela. There's so many F2 talents, and then you've got people who maybe aren't in F1 who could easily come back into F1. Ilot, De Vries, Van Dorn, um, Kvyat maybe. Like Kvyat, he left and he was sort of saying he might come back, but I just can't really see a path of him back. Obviously, I know. Vettel's old, Hamilton's getting old, or Hamilton is older than Vettel, isn't he? Uh, Raikkonen's leaving, Alonso's old. So maybe there will be spaces opening up for talent a bit younger. But I, I don't know, I just can't really see him coming back. I feel like he's going to sort of do the old, I don't want to say failed F1 driver thing, but a lot of F1 drivers who lose their jobs within F1 either go to IndyCar, or they go to Formula E, and they, I mean, look at Bawemi, Degrassi, um, Ver- Good count. Stoff, Van Dorn, I feel like he's just going to, you know, become a Formula E driver and that's where he'll kind of find his his future employment. So I can't really see him come back to F1. It's sad to see him go, though. I feel like he's actually been pretty decent this year. Mm. And he's quite, yeah. he's, he's quite underrated, even actually, I think. Like, look at last I time out. He was, he was, what, ninth in um in Saudi. So, you know, he's he, he's not a bad driver at all. It's, I don't know. It's just how it goes, I guess. It is the way it is. It is the way it is. And here's a question that you actually asked me before before we started recording, but I'm just going to ask you it now. If Hamilton wins his eighth championship, do you think that he will stay in the sport or do you think he'll retire? I can't see him going anywhere personally. I think he's going to stay where he is, whether he wins or loses his championship. I can't. I think he wants to get as many championships as he can. And maybe when he loses that edge, which he probably will, that's when I can see him retire. And obviously, he's like 36, 37 now. So, when he maybe uses that, you know, that few temps of pace that he probably will, that's when he'll retire. But whilst right now he's at the peak of his powers, and I think he loves this battle. I feel like, you know, remember like Rosberg, he retired and he dedicated his whole life, everything, to beating Hamilton. I think for Hamilton, he can still enjoy his, you know, his fashion shows, his, his galas, his dinners, all that kind of stuff, and still be really, really quick on the track. So, until he uses that, loses that pace, I can't see him going anywhere. But if he does, and he thinks, you know what, I've done a statistically the greatest of all time. I'm clear of Schumacher in pretty much every single sense. Although, to be fair, there's actually one thing. If he if he wins this year, there is one area where he, where he will not be clear of Schumacher. Oh, go on. 
and that is in consecutive titles won. They've both been on fire. So Hamilton, 17, 18, 19, 20, oh. 21. Schumacher, 2000, 01, 02, 03, 04. Interesting, that. So I don't know whether Hamilton's looking at that and thinking, maybe I need to go six in a row, which would be insane. Um, maybe he does leave, Dan. Who did Merck get in? Obviously, they got Russell there. See, this is, this is the tricky thing, isn't it? Because, yeah, he, sh- he always should have done Merck a favour and saying... Look, if I win this, I'm leaving. Maybe don't get rid of Bottas just yet. Because if Hamilton lit, if Hamilton at the start of the season had said, okay, this is my last one, there's no way Bottas would be leaving Mercedes. He'd be staying right where he is and he'd be partnering George Russell. So what do they do? I Honestly, if he does this, I would love to see Pierre Gasly in that Mercedes. Ooh, what a shout that is. I, I would that. love to see Pierre Gasly in that Mercedes. More realistically, I don't know. Do they try and buy Bottas back from Alfa Romeo? Ah, tricky well, one, tricky one. What you just said, maybe Hamilton has already said that to Toto Wolff and he said, if, if I win, I'm going. And maybe there's some kind of clause in Bottas' Alfa Romeo contract where if Hamilton retires, they can sign him back immediately. So you have that experience of Bottas and also he knows the team inside out and, you know, like fresh round talent in Russell. And then who goes to Williams? So not Williams, Alfa Romeo, I'm getting confused. Alpha, Alpha. It goes to Alpha. Is it Piastri? Is it De Vries? Is it... I don't know, will Giovinazzi stay on? Mate, honestly, I've a whole can of worms. But, I don't know, I don't think it will happen. I think Hamilton's very much determined to, to stay on and win more championships and put a bit of daylight between him and Schumacher and say, you know what, when he retires, put a line in the sand and say, you know what, everyone else beat that. Yeah. So do I, so do I. The only way Bottas will be back at Mercedes is if they offer him at least two years, preferably three for him. He's not going back on a one-year deal. He said that many times. He said that even if Mercedes had offered him a one-year deal for next year, he was never staying. He wanted two years. Mercedes aren't going to give him that because they've got too many you know, young talents and they've got too many other drivers in the grid. If Lewis leaves, is there a contract that maybe Bottas can have two years? We don't know. We don't know. Or do they just rely on Russell being this generational talent that people say yeah, he is and but... get Gasly or Piastri? Piastri and Russell will be a great lineup in a Mercedes. I, I, I don't think they, they shove Piastri in. That is, that is the deep end of deep ends. If you put an, uh, a rookie into the, the, the car that probably will win this year's World Championship or at least the, the Constructors title in that regard. And Gasly, I don't know, like having two newbies at a team is really risky at the front. I feel like if they had to get anyone in, because obviously Russell's new and Russell is definitely going to be there, it'd have to be Bottas. I, I couldn't see Total gambling on a Piastri or a you Gasly. You couldn't see a Gasly? I couldn't. Like even, I, I was thinking about this earlier, I was thinking maybe Lando Norris, if I, mean, I know he decided Ooh, to that's not a McLaren bad shout. extension, but he probably is, him and Gasly are probably the most informed drivers. Obviously, or Leclerc maybe, but I feel like Leclerc is very much tied Leclerc's to Ferrari. not going anywhere, is he? Leclerc's tied to Ferrari. Um, Lando's tied to McLaren. Gasly, Gasly would probably be the only person that they could probably get out of his contract because Alpha. Ocon, I know he's just signed a new deal. Yeah. Ocon has links with Mercedes, but he's not exactly setting the world alight at Alpine. Although last week he did, to be fair, he's pretty good. Last week he was very good. Yeah, obviously um, hungry. He's very good. Flashes of brilliance. We're speaking hypothetically, of course. We both think Lewis will stay. If Lewis leaves, I will be absolutely flabbergasted. I'll be to use the words of Roy Keane. I'll be shocked. Yeah, as a very good uh, reference there, Dan. I'll be shocked, and it'll be pretty. I feel like disastrous for the sport. It'd be like if, if Roger Federer was to retire from tennis, or 
like Ronaldo and Messi retire from football. Like, yeah. how, I think if, if Hamilton wins on Sunday, he will cement himself as the GOAT and he'll sort of go into the in, in, into the same book as your Federer's, as your Messi's, as your Tom Brady's, your Michael Phelps's, your Usain Bolt's. Oh, 100%. Just, 100%. Just, you know, like when you say Formula 1, you think of Hamilton and that will, that will be what his legacy will be. Or does he just go away from Mercedes completely and join Bottas at Alfa Romeo and carry on the harmonious relationship? No, obviously that's not going to happen. That would be like a dream, but that's not going to happen. So I'm just I'm just dreaming now. Okay, I think. Oh, well, let's just quickly talk about the fact that they're equal on points. Max and Lewis equal on points, 369.5 apiece. Max has one more win, so if they both score zero points, he will win on count back. Michael Massey has been very clear in the fact that he will take points away if there's a deliberate collision caused by Max or Lewis. Lewis wouldn't do it because he's got nothing to gain from it. I would hope that Max wouldn't do it. I don't think he would. I think they both won the championship. Decided on points, uh, like fairly. If Merck scores 17 points at all this weekend, it doesn't matter what Red Bull do. Mercedes have won the Constructors' Championship. The P3 battle is just about going. McLaren need a 1-2. It's just about going. There is so much to play for. And that P5 in the drivers as well, between Lando, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz, is a big one. Isn't it crazy, just um, what you said about uh, the P5 battle, Lando looked like he was so clear. He could even be P3 out of Bottas and Perez. And now uh, he's kind of, as he slipped off, he's been quite unlucky recently. Leclerc's been amazing. Sainz has been ridiculously good. Science is stu- science is so underrated. Stupidly underrated. It's actually crazy underrated he is. I think people thought he would sort of you know get swept away by Leclerc this year, but he's he's in there. He's in the fight with Leclerc. He's been so good. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the only really thing to play for, obviously, there's P five and, and the drivers, but uh, I mean that's not really big. I've had the constructors title. The constructors P three sorted. It'd be Ferrari ahead of McLaren. Constructors for the first, it'll be Merck ahead of Red Bull, unless Merck has some kind of like crazy double DNF or something like that. 17 points is not hard to get, especially when you've got arguably the fastest car on the grid. Uh, do you know what I think? I think if you're Hamilton of your Mercedes, I think you want a car between yourself and Verstappen, because I think, it, let's say Hamilton gets pole, Verstappen's P2. Verstappen is going to send it into turn one, even if he's too far back, unless he gets a horrible start and gets overtaken by someone behind him. A bit like in, a bit like he done in Saudi, or he's going to send it. So I feel like if you're Merck, you need Bottas P2. You want Hamilton Bottas on the front row of the grid. You do not want Verstappen attacking Hamilton because obviously Verstappen's got less to lose. Does that makes sense. If they both yeah, crash out, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Nothing to lose, so he's going to take a risk for Verstappen. So he needs, I think. Out of all of this is Hamilton and, and, and Bottas is a hundred races together. I don't think he's needed Bottas any more than this weekend. Is it not hundred and first? Oh no, because Russell did one. I see what you mean. Yes, mm. it's their hundred. Yes, well, well pointed out. Well pointed out. There are no questions that this qualifying is so crucial. Like Mercedes could desperately do with a front row. Red Bull could desperately do with a front row. I think it's more likely that Mercedes will get a front row than yeah. Red Bull. Damn it, what's going on? Front row lockout, that is. Sorry, I've got like half of Bournemouth Police outside oh, my window. What have you done? What have you done, mate? I don't know. Um, probably Obviously, a... I'm just, I'm just going to pop myself on mute, Jay. You talk you talk about everything. Okay. Oh, it stopped. Never mind. It, oh, no, it started no, again. Louder. I'm going on mute. <laughs> it must have been you saying about Hamilton and going to Alfa Romeo. They just heard it and thought, what kind of lunatic is this? <laughs> Clearly. But, 
yeah, no, Hamilton needs Bottas. There's a wingman. Look, like you said, I, I cannot see Perez getting on the front row. I don't think Red Bull have got the pace of Vitus to do that, nor do I think Perez is a good enough qualifier to do that. So I, I feel like it needs to be like it was in Saudi, where it was Hamilton, Bottas, and Bottas. I mean, thankfully, the run to turn one is quite short in Abu Dhabi. It's probably the shortest of the year, other than maybe like Silverstone. It is very short. So, uh, and obviously Monaco. So it, and Spash, you know, Spa, Spa is very short as well. Mate, isn't it crazy? These things just come to your head when you're <laughs> talking about them. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether... I think Bottas needs... Uh, Hamilton needs Bottas for the first lap because obviously there's two long straights. Slipstream will be crazy. Oh, 100%. And if, if Hamilton can maybe get break DRS or Bottas can break DRS to Verstappen, then I can kind of see Hamilton driving off into the distance. You know, Abu Dhabi's not the easiest place to overtake. I know they've made the changes this year, but... We'll, we'll see what we we'll see on Sunday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the F2 races to see what overtaking's like. Um, I do not envy the pressure that the pit crews will be under this weekend. Whoa. Can you imagine being like the the wheel the wheel gun man who you know messes up and you cost a world championship? I mean, hopefully it doesn't come down to it. I mean, obviously I feel like we, no, we, that'd be we so disappointing. Want, we all want to see it settled on track. You know, no punches, no slow pit stops, no oh, I don't know engine failures, anything like that. We just want to see clean hard racing and the best man will be the best man and they'll win the championship and we can all be happy <laughs> yeah no absolutely lots of helmets this weekend lots Ooh. of special helmets George has got one signed by every member of the Williams team to obviously commemorate his time at Williams Bottas has got like a timeline of his Mercedes career on his it's so nice he's got his first win his first pole he's got a Danko Nicky message he's got all the wins he's got him and Lewis him and Toto oh it oh Beautiful, Dan, are you in, are you in tears, man? You're in tears. I'm near you, tears. See, I can see you. I can see you're in tears. Obviously, people are listening. Beautiful helmet. You, but Dan is actually bawling his eyes out right now. I'm I'm, um, I'm very uh, close to having a full breakdown. Have you seen Kimmy's? It's like a retro. I have. It's a retro younger. classic. That is, that is very cool. I've a lot of people to do like a a funky helmet. I mean, it's not really funky because it is one. It's one like style one he's before. But for someone to change his helmet, it would not be Kimmy because Kimmy is probably <laughs> the most blase person on the planet. But no, it's good to see that he's you know having a nod to that. Also, have you seen on the um, on the Merc cars this weekend? There's a thank you bot. That's what it's in Finnish. I can't remember the word is. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, is, I mean, there's no sorry. It's emotional weekend, I was going to say. Yeah, it? it's really emotional. There's no question how much Mercedes owed to Bottas. They would not have won these five Constructors' Championships without that. Oh, yeah, Toto Wolff yeah. knows the dynamic will be different next year. I think he's dreading it a bit, but he knows it's the, the better long-term decision. So, you know, we'll, we'll do a season review. We'll talk about Bottas' time at Mercedes. We'll do all of this stuff. Uh, Giovinazzi's got a helmet as well. His is dedicated to Kimi, which is nice it of him. On his final race... Cute. In his final race in F1, he's chosen to dedicate it to his teammates, saying thank you, Kimi, in English and Finnish, with a nice little message between the pair of them. Lando's got some funky, colour-changing, Lando-esque design as well. Dan, is the Pope a Catholic? Hmm? Is the Pope a Catholic? Oh, I see. Right, yeah, obviously Lando's got it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't hear what you said, I just heard blah, 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 blah. I was like, what? (laughs) Um, okay, let, let's wrap it up and let's make some predictions for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Charlotte yes. isn't here, but she has sent hers in. Ooh. She has said that her podium is Ham the Bot, which is not massively bold, I will be honest. Nah, that's boring, Char. Come on. But we, we've got to put it because she's not here to change it now. Uh, and she's, I want to get your opinion on this. She said Lando top five as her bold prediction. Do you call that bold? 
Do you know what? I, no, I, I say that's bold. I'd say that's bold. Say because that's bold. Lando bold. hasn't come fifth in ages. And I feel like Ferrari are definitely quicker than McLaren nowadays. I'd say that's bold. I'd say that's bold. McLaren I'd, looks good. Okay, we'll let her have it. I'd, I'd give it to her. Fifth, fifth is pretty good. I mean, especially if the the, uh, the Red Bulls and the Mercs finish. That makes him basically first if he, if he finishes fifth. Uh, True. So, yeah. So, I'd say, no, nah, I'd say that's fair. Go on, then. What's your podium prediction? My podium is bot. Oh, to win! Bot to win. Ooh, I think like spicy. he's, he's going to win the fight. His final race, uh, which I guess will imply there's going to be some kind of incident between. Yes. Yes. I'm going to go. Bottas, Perez, <laughs> Gasly. Oh, Man. hello. So where are Lewis and Max finishing then? Does your bold prediction answer that? I think that? they're going to come about 7th or 8th. So who's winning the championship? I know Charlotte's going to say Hamilton, so you know there's what? not even a risk of me missing my, that one. My biggest fear is that it gets decided faster up because obviously the gap between 7th oh, is, is 2 yeah. points. So obviously Hamilton will be ahead, but if Verstappen has a gap behind him, you know Red Bull are going to pit. But then, then Mercedes would just sacrifice Bottas, Bottas but then would Red like, Bull sacrifice is, Perez? That is Mind so, game. Can, can, can you imagine if Gasly wins because <laughs> Perez and Bottas just get sacrificed? <laughs> yeah. And then Gasly's just, like, yeah. in the Gasly's league, just like, oh, okay, oh, thank you very I'll, much. I'll, I'll the race. That'd be that'd be insane. <laughs> um, what's your bold prediction then? Bold prediction is going. Is it a crash between the two of them? It's going to be that. Oh, I mean, I've got a couple in mind. I'm going to go. Sonoda does something controversial that will affect Hamilton. Oh, so it would be like maybe like a bit of not not dirty driving, but like a, a really aggressive defence, like more aggressive than maybe he would for another driver, uh, or I don't know, maybe he hit something like that. I feel like you know Helmut Marco is definitely on the, on the dog and bone to 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 Fatari this weekend. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, I'm going pretty boring with my podium. I'm going Hamilton to win it, Bottas second, Verstappen third. So I'm going to Merck one two, which, which obviously means third. Hamilton will win the championship. But, 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 there is a but. I think that Max is going to battle his way back to P3 because I have a funny feeling that Perez is going to take Max out. I think he's going to lock up at the first corner and accidentally clip his rear wheel. That's my like bold just, prediction. You just saw Saudi how close they got and you're just... Yep, I'm using that. I think it's. I think it's possible. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, to be fair, that's, that is bold. Here's one for you. What if Max and Lewis take each other out turn one? Max DNFs. He's out of the race. Lewis scrapes back to the pits. New front wing, new sets of tyres, new everything. He battles his way back to P11. Bottas is then in first and going to win the race. Do you think Bottas Maybe. would sacrifice his final win for Mercedes, drop yes. out of the points just to let Hamilton get that tent? I reckon oh. he 100% would. I, I think he would. I think there's, there's a lot of love between Bottas and I think, or I feel like that happened. Mercedes would never say, well, Bottas, we need you to give to a type of Hamilton to win the championship. I think, I think they would. I think they would. I think they, they would, would. I think they'd word it. Uh, they wouldn't, problem. yeah. They would say. Pull over or something like that. No, no. See, I don't think they'd do that. I think they'd say, uh, okay, Valtteri, you're winning the race. Lewis is currently P11 and needs one point to win the championship. And then hope that Bottas clicks and he goes, oh, all right, then I'll drop all the way back. Yeah. Perez would make that difficult because he wouldn't want to overtake Bottas. 
Oh, that would be so messy, though. Can you imagine if, like, yeah. Bucks and Predators just hold each other up and then the rest of the field just catch up and then you get, like, a... <laughs> Yuki gets a shock second place. Alpha Tauri won two. Mate, oh, that would be pretty <laughs> sick, to be fair. Oh, um, don't know. I mean, I feel like if Hamilton and Verstappen do climb this early on, that Mercedes car is just too good. He'll probably get up to, like, third or fourth. So I mean, I mean, we're talking very hypothetically here. We are, we are. That's, mean, that's that's fun though. Fun conversations it is, it to is have. Fun, but I just feel like now we're saying all of this, it will literally just be Hamilton pole wins by thirty seconds, boring yeah. race. Everyone's un- unhappy. So who are you saying for the championship? I don't think you've ever said a one word, Lewis or Max. I'm gonna say Lewis because oh, we're all saying Lewis. I said Lewis. E- even if they finish like fifth and sixth or seventh and eighth or whatever, I feel like Merck will definitely sacrifice Bottas. I feel like Hamilton will be ahead of Verstappen and the only way Verstappen could level the points is the fastest lap and if that happens Bottas will just they'll, they'll pit Bottas and just take it unless Perez can do it but I feel like over one lap Bottas is a better driver than Perez so yeah but you have to say I mean across the season Bottas it looks more likely that he's going to be off help to Lewis then oh, yeah. Perez is going to be of help to Max. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I could be wrong. You know, there's been like in Baku where Perez was a lot more useful than Bottas. But on the whole gist of the season, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Bottas actually outqualifies Hamilton this weekend. And then you have that sort of awkward, <laughs> awkward scenario where he needs to let Hamilton <laughs> through at turn one. But then obviously he can't let Max through because you know Max will be on his game trying to follow Hamilton through. So. No, I think that. they've learned from Mexico. I don't think they'll try any turn one stuff. Mm. I think they'll just say Bottas to carry the lead and we'll let Lewis pass you a few laps in or one lap in yeah. or something. I don't well, think they're going to try first corner. I tactics. guess it probably is easier Abu Dhabi to let someone through turn one. Because Mexico is a little bit difficult, long straight with Abu Dhabi. It's a pretty short run down to turn one. Well, we'll see. I mean, we're talking like we know. That's true. We have absolutely no idea. Not an idea at all. So what's your prediction? My prediction is that They'll Perez somehow gets oh, yeah, in the Perez way of Max's race. Max. Yeah. Perez, I'm not saying maybe not. I'm not saying turn one. I'm just saying he does something that disrupts Max's championship charge. So you've got Perez hitting Max. I've got Sonoda hitting Lewis, and Charlotte's got Lando P. Actually, yeah, that is quite boring, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, too late now. See what I mean? See what I mean? This is where Lando wins the race, and she wished that she'd said that. But, I mean, Lando, yeah, he can get P3, Shark can get P3, Sainz can get P3. So much going to happen this weekend. And the beauty of it is we have absolutely no idea. The track's been changed, so we don't really know what to expect. But sooner or later, we will know who is the world champion. And whoever it is has 100% deserved it. 100%. I can't wait. It's going to be brilliant, thrilling, probably this is poised as the best final since, I don't know, 97? Did you feel nerve and Schumacher or... 89 and 90 Senna and Prost I, I, I hope it's not a Senna and Prost kind of thing you know where it's just a no, fast that, and someone gets punished I don't think it will be I think as much as Max is a very aggressive driver I don't think he'll want the championship to be so I have no question that he's going to be very very aggressive on track oh, and Lewis is going to have to watch out but I just hope that it's not decided in a crash that'll be so anticlimactic and just disappointing really for the sport we shall see, DP. We shall see. We shall, we shall. That is the last race preview of the season. Done. Finished. Madness. Finished. It's mad that after this race, we've probably only got, really, we've got the rest of December and all of January without any F1 action. And then we'll start getting livery reveals. We'll start getting more news as February comes in. Testing. It's not long, is it? Testing. Is testing in February this year? Testing. There's two tests, aren't there? There's yeah, one in there's Barcelona. Barcelona. Mate, no. And then there's no. one in Bahrain. 
sorry, this isn't in this isn't plan, but stop testing that tracks that we're gonna go to. Go to her ref, go to Magello, I don't know, go somewhere else. Don't test because then there's just too much data. Well to be fair, yeah. new cars I guess, but no, Yeah, so new cars, I reckon it. they'll need it. The first test in Barcelona is the twenty first to the twenty fifth of February. So obviously all the liveries will be revealed before then. It will be freezing, won't it? Mm. And then the second one will be quite the opposite. And that's the tenth to the twelfth of March in Bahrain. Where obviously the season opener is. Yeah, uh, not, not a fan of that, but not not to me is it? I have no jurisdiction. No. I've got You'll no have power. to take Stefano's role in a few years' time. Yeah, but I called him. He said you've got no authority. Like, like oh. I was Jackie Weaver. So. <laughs> what can, we do? can I have paddock club tickets if you take Stefano's role? Uh, yeah, of course, mate. You can have anything oh, you want, oh, mate. Oh, I'll cool. even I'll even get get you a driver at Alfa Romeo if you want. Oh, cool. Can I be what's <laughs> his teammate? Can I replace Guan Yu Zhou? Yeah, that'd be good. All right. Cool, cool. Be, I might have to find a few exciting. sponsors first. If anyone wants to sponsor me, you know, just just give me give me a message on Twitter or something. What about Hollister? Hollister? I'm just it's like I'm wearing a Hollister T-shirt. Yeah, that yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Better than nothing, isn't it? I'm sure they've got okay. quite enough. I'm sure, they've got quite a lot of money. That is it for this week's edition of the Track Talk podcast. Um, we will see you on Monday after after the race. We will know the champion. We will, and we'll see that my prediction is spot on. Cannot wait. <laughs> really? You think? Yeah, Gasly to win, and Sonoda second. No, no, sorry, Bottas to win. Bottas to win, I said Bottas, Bottas to win, Gasly Bottas second. Bottas, Perez, Gasly. Bottas, Pe- yeah, that's what you said, Bottas, Perez, Gasly. Okay, we will see. We're, we, we're kind of just talking absolute waffle now. Thank you very much for listening. Please do give us five stars on iTunes. It really helps us out. At underscore track talk on Twitter, at track talk underscore on Instagram. Give us an email, tracktalkinfo at gmail.com. Jay, thank you very, very much. See you Monday. I cannot wait, mate. I'll see you then. Thank you very much. See you later. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you.